1: What do you like about yourself? Do you secretly compare yourself to others? If so, Fred, you are not alone. And today's guest understands the lure of comparison, and is here to tell us how she is finding and claiming freedom in Christ. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of... Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable and delighted and honored to be your host. Thank you so much for joining us. Friends, let's just face it. The comparison trap is set and ready for each of us. The world tells us to compare. Our size, our occupation, our cars, our homes, for heaven's sake, even our children. But here's the truth. The comparison is not only in the world. It has crept into the lives of those living out God's word, But there is a way to combat this hard trap, and it is claiming our freedom in Christ. I cannot imagine anyone that today's guest would ever compare herself to and come up feeling anything like less than. She's an award-winning actress. She's an acting teacher. She's a contributing writer to The Voice of Truth magazine. She is an international best-selling author, a speaker, and a motivational speaker, leader. And yet, and yet, we're about to hear through her own voice of vulnerability and authenticity, her lure of comparison and the freedom she is finding in Christ. It is such an honor and such a pleasure to introduce and welcome to the show my
0: friend, Tina
1: Gallo. Good morning, Tina
0: Oh, good morning, Kim, and thank you for such a lovely introductory. Thank you so much for inviting me to share my coffee with you and your listeners this morning.
1: Well, you know, the listeners, just be careful. If you're not, her voice If not careful. If not for the wisdom she was going to be sharing, her voice would put you to sleep. Tina, I've told you, you have one of the most soothing comforting voices I think I've ever heard in my life. I, it just I mean, it just relaxes me.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> That's nice and to I
1: hear. And you know. I, I know you do a lot of voiceovers and things like that, too. But anyway, I know we've been trying to get you on the show for a long time and we're finally here it's always got perfect timing and so you are you know everything I said about you is things that you have accomplished are amazing but you know you you have been an actress you are an actress you do all these other things you teach you write but let's just take a moment and go back to how how did you begin acting and and where did you start give us some background.
0: Oh, wonderful. Thank you for asking. I think that's a great place to start, um, which might validate why I can speak on this topic. Um, In my early 20s, well, even before then, I always knew as a child that I did want to be an actress. I was one of those children on Saturday mornings watching all the classics and the musicals and just dreaming one day um, to be walking in those shoes. Forward, when I was in my latter teenage years starting around I think it was eighteen nineteen, um, I was working um, in Florida at the Sunrise Musical Theater and I met this Sinatra entourage Mr. Frank Sinatra was performing there that weekend and um, I was serving a table of his friends and uh, people that worked with him on the road and they had requested me second night and the same group of people were there and I thought, hmm, this is odd. How do you get the same people to come back to a same show twice because I had no idea that this was his entourage. And um, the third night, which was the last night of the show, um, the person in charge of the merchandise And Mr. Sinatra's um, stepson, also Bobby Marks at the time, had asked me if I would like to go on the road with them to sell the merchandise because they love my service to them um, as a waitress. And so, of course, I didn't think twice about it. Didn't even think twice about asking a family member, you know, my parents, because this was my dream. And I looked at it as my opportunity. And my mindset at the time was, it's who you know. So I didn't think about talent or anything like that. So I did go on the road with them for two and a half years. It was a wonderful experience. I found out afterward nothing was really moving forward in my acting career. And so I was informed by Mr. Sinatra's best friend, Jilly Rizzo, that you need to go to school and find out if you have any talent, kid. So I started doing my research. I made my way to New York, and I studied for about ten years, pounded the pavement, And um, continued to hone in and work my craft. And then I started becoming a very serious actor, understanding the craft. You have to do the work. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of rejection that goes along with it. And so then eventually when I had enough under my belt in New York, because that's where I chose to study, um, I made my way out to California and landed uh, one of the jobs that I actually had my mind set on and uh, achieved that, and then I continued to work for years in the industry. Mm-hmm.
1: What did you have your mindset on? what? What did you step into?
0: Well, at that time, the number one soap opera was General Hospital, <clears throat> okay. and I watched that show continuously and really wanted to get a role on the show, so that was my purpose of going out to California. I felt that I really did... You know, in New York, the training is a little bit different than it is in California, and going about the business is very different as well. So I felt like I really did have enough under my belt. I had some soap opera experience at the time by doing under five work, which is either 25 words or five lines, and I probably was on every New York show at that time just making my rounds. But General Hospital was it for me. And so I finally set up and got an audition for Marvin Page, at the time was the casting director, and literally got on for one day, but Gloria Monty was the producer, and they called me back for a two-year contract uh, after that one day, wow. supposedly, was one day shoot. <laughs>
1: Right. What did you what did you find out? What did you what, what did you love about it? Was it you said that this was something that you'd always wanted to do? Was it
0: was it what you expected it to be? What did you, you love know, about it? What I loved about being on G H well, number one, it was the number one soap opera. It was so popular at the time. We're going back into the nineteen eighties. Um right. So, I think what I loved about being on the show, I always say this to my students, but being on a soap was like getting free training. You know, it was the first time we worked with three cameras. I had never done that before. Um, And it was just very quick pace. So, we would, Mm -hmm. um, it was a little different than the way that you do a soap in in New York, but in, in California, you know, we would do block, rehearse and block in the morning, take a lunch break, and then in the afternoon we would go back and we would um, shoot the scenes. But you have to do things quickly because, you know, money's involved and time is money. And the other thing mm-hmm. that I wasn't used to was having very bright lights in my face. They were so bright. <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. so it was, a lot of, it was a lot of good training. And a lot of mm-hmm. people have stemmed on that show and went on to do other things, Demi Moore and I mean, just so many actors. So mm-hmm. for me – I felt like, wow, this is a wonderful experience. I'm getting to apply all the things that I've learned over these years. I'm a Stanislavsky method-trained actress. I started out with Uta Hagen. These are names in the industry for training. We consider them the masters. You know, Lee Strasberg, Uh Stella Adler, Sandy Meisner. So, you know, it was an opportunity other than stage to really now, um, you know, have an opportunity to learn how to apply this in a, in a different way. And so I loved mm-hmm. everything about it the time that I was mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm.
1: Was it everything that you thought it was going to be? What what, what what began to happen after that?
0: Well, there were things that were disappointing. Um, I think mm-hmm. everybody, you know, in that time, to include myself, um, You know, it's very easy in Hollywood to be very shallow and self-centered. Very, Mm -hmm. very easy. The other thing that was exposed on set, you know, there was a lot of, in the 1980s, especially in Hollywood, there was a lot of cocaine, um, you know, on set at Hollywood parties. What I discovered is Hollywood is, you know, I I wrote an article. It's called Lost and Found in Tinseltown. um, And it's pretty much my testimony. But Hollywood's a small town. I discovered that Hollywood was a small town. And everyone knew each other. You know, you'd go to a party, you'd see the same faces a lot of times. Once you get cast for one thing, you're meeting people somewhere else. They're casting you. So everybody kind of knew each other, linked together. But I started seeing things like, for myself, I was getting caught up into the lore of all of that. And, um, you know, I... There was times I'd go to a party or to be thin. You know, we were always concerned about being thin on camera, and I always wanted to be 10 pounds thinner. So, you know, taking a tube of Coke because it stops you from eating was just such common ground. And I've always been into health and nutrition. And so I was starting to get caught up into the party scene um, on and off set. And, you know, that tears your body down. And your mind and your spirit, and so those things were beginning to happen, and um, which you know brought me to a place to really look into inside myself. Uh, people I noticed that uh, you would think were friends, I would notice that, uh, however, they could help themselves, you know, in a situation. Uh, those friendships, I, I mean, I saw them feather, just because Mm -hmm. there wasn't something for the the person to be involved with. So they would just leave you hanging out and dry um, in order to help themselves in their own achievements. So that was kind of a disappointment. Um, Mm -hmm. And that wasn't everyone all the time, but I did see those things. Um, Mm -hmm. It was, you know, in my day and my era, of course, I was around people my age mostly, uh, but not Mm -hmm. always. I mean, you know, but it was like, Mm -hmm. you know, you just, The awareness of that, I started realizing how easy it is to get lured into this because comparison was just running rampant, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was in an industry also, Kim, an industry that obviously aids to that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, am I too thin? Am I not tall enough? You know, you're not getting a role and you're auditioning, but you never really find out why you might not get it, which normally probably most of the time never has to do with anything about ability. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so, yeah. So there's a lot of, there was a lot of comparison I discovered, just a lot of self-centeredness. And, you know, I needed to get away from it. Needed mm-hmm. to get away from it.
1: Well, that had to be a big decision to make. One of the things that I hear you talking about, Tina, and I've read is like, you know, you, you were, you were truly finding your identity in that war in your work, um, and, and willing to. This is this is so ironic, and I think this is something that we really need to talk about because, you know, you're talking about you were a, you were so health conscious and you were taking care of your body, but then this lure to be what your industry was telling you to be was causing you to go against what is what is what was known to you to be the right thing for you to do which was take care of your body and to do whatever it took to be able to conform to what was this industry needed from you and I feel like that that goes beyond just even acting it could be you know someone who is in any industry, you know, it's like you, you lose yourself to what other people expect of you. So let's talk about that just a minute because I think that we see that across the board in the U.S. today. We're willing to uh, give in to what we know is right for ourselves because there's just such high expectation from, some, from an
0: outward source. Well, I believe that. The lure of comparison creates distorted perceptions. And what happens is yeah. we begin to seek the approval of others mm-hmm. and instead mm-hmm. of God, you know. And it is a distraction, and it is very detrimental. And so not only was my identity in my job, but then you have your financial status. So here I am in my young 20s living Marina del Rey, California, on the beach, you know, right on the beach um, in a little cottage type of home, really nice car, making good money in the day, and yet I wasn't happy inside. Mm -hmm. And there was times that I had to face that and find out, you know, nothing was ever enough is what I had Mm -hmm. discovered. And so my identity a lot of times in seeking others' approval as well is I would spend my money like it was water, there was no planning, and one of the big mistakes that I had made at the time is it was suggested that I had a business manager, not just a personal manager, but a business manager, to help me with financing my finances and I didn't do it and you know i I just spent money because that was bringing approval, just different things of seeking outward it was the outward thing that we put your trust into if we don't watch out. We can very get caught up into the tendency of doing that in the external things and then finding our identity in those external things.
1: Well, if that was your, like, you said that you were, you know, mm-hmm. you grew up wanting to be, you know, like on something like General Hospital or, or whatever, you know, whatever show, TV, actress, and then you step into that, and you start seeing kind of like the behind the scenes. And you you talked about how, and 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 listeners, this could be this could be a corporate person. This could this could, this could be a mom. You know, this we can all step into our environment, our world, and all of a sudden there is this, uh, there are these uh, uh, expectations. That we've never thought about, and, and it's so easy to lose ourselves in these. No matter where you are, man, woman, child, this is just this is the way of the world. Let's face it. And so, Tina, so you you you've reached this pinnacle of where you wanted to be in your career. You spent ten years training yourself to do this. You put in the hard work. Then you get there and you go, well, this is not exactly what I thought it was going to be. This is not fulfilling the inside of me. Yes, I have a nice car. I have a nice cottage on the beach but there's something inside me that's demanding more for me to feel significant and worthwhile. What did you do with that? How did you begin to, that 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 had to take a shift and a lot of courage to get you to the woman who I know you are now. So well, what what were
0: your steps to, in starting to walk out of that? Truly, it was God pursuing me. There were things beginning to happen <clears throat> that, For one, I started meeting, and I was raised a Catholic. So, I mean, I had, you know, I I went to church. I made my communion. I knew God. I was raised in in a Catholic environment. There was even for uh, a few years that I went to Catholic school. But the void for me was a relationship with God. And so Mm -hmm. things started beginning to happen. I started meeting Christian people. But it was one note that came to me one day. Um, This was a distant aunt of mine. It was through a marriage. We called her Aunt Franny. And Mm -hmm. I received a note card from her one day that she had seen me on TV, and she said I looked beautiful and wrote some other kind words and then said at the very end, God bless you. Now, prior to that note coming, I had had a conversation with one of my brothers, Um, And he had asked me one day, too, he said, do you know how you make it to heaven? And I just kind of brushed him off and thought, yeah, Frank, (laughs) you die and you go to heaven, (laughs) you know. But it was probably a week later when this card came. And those words, God bless you, I had heard all my life. But for that moment in that place where I was, they became three-dimensional in my heart. And it was different. It was really, really different. And I thought, wow, why is this impacting me like this? And that day moving forward, it seemed like everywhere I was going, someone was talking about God. And I was like, wow, what is going on here? And then it was probably one weekend when I went to get my nails done. Uh, I had to get them done. I was in an urgent situation. And usually where I had gone, they always squeezed me in. But this particular weekend, she couldn't do it. So I went down um, to the Pacific Coast Highway, and I found this little salon not too far away from me. And there was, this girl came up to greet me, and she was probably one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen. She was a poly, Polynesian mixture. I don't know, but gorgeous. Very gentle. Her countenance was just wonderful. I loved everything about her. And she brought me back, and she starts doing my nails. And as she's doing my nails, she starts talking about God. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, here we go again. What is this? Well, God really used this particular woman because there was an event that had taken place that weekend that I wasn't too proud about. And it really was putting me on this search about inwardly of what was really going on inside of me. Um, you know, all these things that I felt like I was achieving, I was really crumbling at the same time. And it was, un- was brokenness that wasn't dealt with. And so you mm-hmm. cannot gain, you know, the more you have the more broken I was becoming because you cannot mm-hmm. sustain it. I wasn't qualified to even have and handle or know how because my identity was so wrapped up in all of it. And so mm-hmm. if it was taken away at any given time, surely I was to fall apart. My foundation was certainly not in God, and it was on these, these external and materialistic things that I possessed. So I asked her, she actually was talking and it really penetrated and it was God just knew who to use. And I think I always was thinking, you know, Christians are probably a little lady with a bun in her hair but God was bringing right. people that I could relate to. <laughs> so he meets right. us where we He meets us where we are. And these were these were people that I would like to actually be friends with. She got me in tears that day, and I'll never forget it. I asked her, I said, well, how do you do it? You know, how do you do this? You look so happy and so peaceful. She was just so content and and confident and assured in who she was. And she seemed Mm -hmm. so happy and content about who she was. And I wanted Mm -hmm. that, Kim. I wanted that desperately. And so Mm -hmm. she said to me, When you're in your car or you're taking a shower or wherever you go, just walking the beach, just ask the Lord to show you the way, and I promise you he will. And I started doing that, that that day. I went out to my car, and I sat in the car, and I remember just crying and asking God, show me the way. If there's something better I want what she has. Show me the way. I never stopped. And he did. He did. And uh, I winded up when my contract was up. I didn't resign. I decided to go home for a while and just really regroup and recharge. And um, that's what I did. And I, I wanted to learn all that I could about the Lord. And not to say acting, because certainly God has brought me back. But I felt like I couldn't do both if I stayed in Hollywood, I really wouldn't be grounded and learn about the things of God in the circles that I I was in and the people that I was associated with. Um, and so mm. I needed to take a break and I'm so glad that I did.
1: Mm. Yeah, because now look at you, now you're you come back to your acting and you're doing so much more with your writing and everything, but the foundation that you now have the the true platform you now have uh, tina is is just so so significant to so many people and i love i i, I didn't know that story, and I love that story and you know what it tells me listeners and, and Tina, it just tells me it it verifies the scripture of revelation twelve eleven it's by the blood of the Lamb and the telling of our testimonies that people will be saved, and we hmm. must we must not be silenced as believers because what I hear, Tina, you saying is like people were planting seeds everywhere you went. You were getting a seed here and a seed there, and all those seeds were coming together. No one was overwhelming you. No one was saying, you've got to make this decision today. You've got to, you're going to hell if you don't. And all, They were just planting seeds of God's love, and they would be in the salt, and someone would water until you got to the place to where you were ready. And, you know, it just, as believers, we I think that we must get to the point to where we're okay with just planting seeds and not feeling like we have to, you know, reap the harvest. We'll, we'll reap our own harvest, the, the scripture tells us that. But a lot of times we're just planting seeds in people's hearts, aren't we, Tina? That's what I see you saying here.
0: Yeah, and, you know, and we never know. We might not see the effect of that. You know, the the harvest home was out right in that moment, but every one of those people touched my life. And and how, and one of the things in thinking back, too, is because of the repetition. You know, I I would hear the same things. No one would know Mm -hmm. it, but one is watering, one is planting, but it was enough Mm -hmm. that I was like, wow, something's really going on here. Like, they're Mm so absurd. God knew the people to bring into my life, but they were so assured of what they were saying. There was no doubt, total conviction, and they were different. Here's a scripture that had come to my mind. Um, I remember when I went back to my dad, um, he was in New Jersey at the time, and this was a change of mindset, uh, which comes from Philippians two three four, 4, which is do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Wow, Tim, that was a completely different mindset for me. Yeah, yeah. Because, as I said at the time, you know, it's it's being one of those starlets that you know we were. There's so much of it going on today with social media. You know, we see it all the time, but it's very shallow, very self-centered. So I started learning the Word. I started reading the Bible. God is funny. You know, even even something happened the night that I came to my salvation. It was actually through uh, television that I called up CBN, Christian Broadcast Network. So we never know what's going to happen. But I remember not being able to sleep one evening. And I was flipping through the channels. And all of a sudden, once again, there's an actress. And I cannot for the life of me me, remember who that was. But she was talking about God. And she was talking about how God changed her life. And she was talking about Hollywood. And it was like, it was all resonating with me. And I was like, wow. Oh, my goodness. And so to the point that I actually started calling the show, and I couldn't get through, and I couldn't get through, and I think it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I remember sitting there thinking, okay, I'm going to try this one more time, and then mm. that's it. And I dialed the phone. Of course, we don't have cell phones then, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I dialed the telephone, and they answered. And there was a gentleman on that telephone on the other line, and I was so nervous, and I didn't know what to say, but he knew what to say. And he started asking me questions, and I answered the questions, and, of course, I started weeping. And then I'll never forget, he said to me, "Um, would you like to accept Jesus in your heart? And I remember trying to cut this conversation short, but he was so skilled, and he had such a wonderful, calming voice that I began to share things about myself and what was bringing me to this point. And sure enough, Mm -hmm. I prayed and I accepted the phone that night in my dad's kitchen on the telephone Mm with the Christian Broadcast Network. And I was one of those people that woke up the next morning on fire for God. (laughs) You know, I didn't know a whole lot, but I was so on fire to know and believe that I was on the right track, that I had an answer, that I had a real answer. And I wanted to learn as much as I could and discover why these people seem to have such peace and conviction mm. and confidence in this Christianity mm. that they were talking about. So that, that's how it all started for me. And then that scripture came to me that I just read. And I thought, wow, this is a real different way of thinking. But how freeing mm. is that? It's to not be self-centered, to not look mm. inwardly. At everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, even today we have things like identity, uh, what do you call them, um, personality tests. You know, trying to find out who we are, where do we belong, mm-hmm. where do we fit in. You know, all these things, but the truth of the matter is, our identity really is in Christ when we're a believer. That's you know, right, and I want to
1: talk about that, yes. Uh, and that's that's what I want to talk about. Um, and, uh, Tina, let, let's go to a 30-second break and when we come back, that that's the shift I want to go on because you have given such a great foundation of your mindset. You have brought everyone into this. You know we can all relate to what you're saying. You don't. You know, few of us have. Um, been actresses or actors, but, you know, we have corporate people, we have moms, we have teachers, we have whatever field you're in, whatever occupation, there's always criteria, there's always something, and the enemy is always crouching at every door we know, and so there's always this this place where we can compare ourselves. And, Let's face it, when we compare ourselves, we're always going to find someone who can do it better, right? I always say that comparison always leads us to either feeling pitiful because we're less than or prideful because we're greater than. But God wants us not to be either. He wants us to be power-filled. And so, Tina, when we get back from this 30-second short break, let's go into how you begin to strip off the comparison. Let's talk about social media. Let's talk about the message that you have for our listeners these next 30 minutes. And and let me just tell you, listeners, if you would like, if you have a message for Tina, if you have a a question for Tina, um, you're more than welcome to call in. It's 347-324-5246. Be sure and press 1 so that our executive director can alert me that you are on the show. But if you have a question, it is 347-324-5246. Press 1. Tina, it's
0: so great to have you here. We'll be right back in 30 seconds, okay? Okay, thank you. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. As an adult, kids want to know you're listening to them, but they also want to listen to you. When it comes to alcohol, they want to know your expectations and how and why to avoid underage drinking. Talking early and often about it in everyday conversations reinforces your message and keeps lines of communication open. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
1: Well, welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, always delighted to join you whenever you're able to listen by podcast or if you're on Spotify or Apple, wherever you are, we're just delighted that you're here and we hope that you'll share it with your friends. We always want to put together a show that brings all of us to where we really want to be, not where people expect us to be, but where God wants us to be and where we feel our true significance. Before we get back to our incredible guest today, Tina Gallo, I'd like to remind you that if you would like to find out more about what I do and my ministry, you can go to rosesandrainbow.org or you can go to kimcrable.org. It's there. You'll find out many things about our books, our speaking engagements. But what I most want you to remember is what we are doing this year in 2022, our Friends of Faith Tour Across America. Do you all know that the number one disease, in quotation marks, as, as discovered through studies of Harvard at Harvard University, have declared loneliness as the one thing that we are seeing at epidemic levels across the United States. Well, here's the thing. That may be the the root problem, but God has already made an answer, friends, and it is within each of us, and it is the gift of friendship. God tells us to love others as we love ourselves. Loving others, the greatest gift is friendship that we can give to one another, So join us, go into our webpage, you can see some of our stops along the way, Friends of Faith, tour across America. Let's bring back our number one ministry, friendship, loving one another. And through that, I believe God will begin to change this world, and I'm so excited about it. Well, friends, thank you again so much for joining us, and let's bring back actress, writer, um, teacher, motivational speaker, and just just a wonderful friend to all who know her, Tina Gallo. Tina, thank you so much again for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Kim, for having me. It's really an honor.
1: I, well, I just love everything that you do, everything that you represent, and
0: because I know it's all it all
1: goes back to God. I've, I've seen you. I've watched you. I've heard you speak. Um, gosh, people really love you, Tina. And it's because we see, we see Jesus in you. And I think that it's also because you're so real. You don't try, you're not, you know, you're a polished actress, of course, but you're not a polished Christian. And I love that because I believe that believers are most effective when we, when we are real, when we have our voice of vulnerability, when we share that we still struggle and that things are, you know, that are going on. And I know I've seen you, like, go through hurricanes and storms there in your area. You know, and just because we're a believer does not uh, mean that we are uh, protected from all the bad things that are going to happen. Isn't that true?
0: Absolutely. And the tornado, actually survived the tornado, yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, You know, but God is with us in all things, isn't he? And I thank God for that. Yes,
1: absolutely. Well, let's get back to the comparison because I know that's something that's really close to your heart. You now, not only are you, A working actress now, but you also are very involved in teaching um, actresses, actors as they come up, you know, and other people as you teach in life. Let's just talk about what is your what is your message to this world from the things that you have learned in the past, the things you've learned from God, the things you've walked through. What do you
0: what what do you want to say to the world? Oh my goodness, that is a. Very. Ooh, that's a deep question, isn't it? Well, it is. I so we can
1: get started today.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, for one, we need to see ourselves as God sees us. We're in a world right now that is full of chaos. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. You know, I hope that people would take away from my message to put your faith in Jesus, to have your identity mm-hmm. in him. And there are ways to do that, and there are obstacles that will get in the way. But we also are given a way that God gives us mm-hmm. on how to draw ourselves closer to Him and Him to us. You know, and the mm-hmm. more we get to know Jesus through His Word, in through His Word, and in time of prayer, just spending time with Him, the more we understand, mm-hmm. you know, Your identity in Him. So I think mm-hmm. staying on track with this message today is the more you get to know Jesus, the more you'll be able to identify areas of your life of where maybe you're not living in this identity, but knowing and drawing close to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. And so I guess my platform would be to inspire and encourage people to pray and seek God, to have a life of of peace within inside yourself. Um mm-hmm. believing your identity in him and understanding that you can be very grounded and very rooted in the things of God. Um we're new creatures. Yes, absolutely. In Christ. Yeah. I, and I'm
1: you know so, God I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh-huh.
0: Oh that's okay. I just wanted to I, I yeah. Go ahead, Ken. Sorry.
1: I know. I hope our listeners understand you're in Tennessee and I'm in Georgia, so that's why we step over. It's not like we're we're right here with one another. So forgive me for interrupting, but I do want to go back to something, Tina. I feel like I feel like God just keep the Holy Spirit just keeps saying this. Uh, that let's go back to basics. When you say your identity in Christ, you know I, I'm afraid that people may not understand what that means. What do you it's mean?
0: God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's two scriptures that come to mind with me on that, exactly, mm-hmm. because I hope that, you know, it's wonderful. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, so it's always wonderful to speak to brothers and sisters in the Lord. But my purpose and mission, I hope as well that God would use me to speak to the nonbeliever, just the way someone spoke into my life, because we never know mm-hmm. how we're affecting what our influence might be. But I know, I know God is real. He lives inside Mm -hmm. my heart, and I know the changes that he's made in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. So the scripture tells us we are God's handy work, created in Christ Jesus to do good work, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're Mm -hmm. created, and that's Ephesians 2.10, but we're created with a purpose. Mm -hmm. God had a specific intention for your life, my life, when he brought us into Mm -hmm. this world. That's amazing. Our purpose is to know him and to glorify him. And so everything that we can do, we can engage in others' good works that will bring glory to God and will grow in our own faith. And then what goes on to say, I made a note of this, you know, we were saved from great sin, but if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. That's Corinthians 5.17. So what are we saying here? But in Christ, we're a new creation. God has made us new. The old things that used to define us have been taken away. God used that identity as the enemy. That was, God used to identify us, you know, as the enemy. We were serving the world. We were living in the world. But God tells us to be in the world, but not of it. But now he knows us as a child of God when we come to him. So we're no longer a sinner. We're walking in righteousness. Right? And that's our identity. identity. Right. Exactly. So, you know, our identity is in Jesus. He paid the sins for us. We've been restored and we're right standing before God. Absolutely.
1: And and that's our identity. And that's what I meant. And that's what I want our
0: listeners to hear. It's like it's
1: not based on your next, um, if you get the next film, it's not based on your um, the evaluation you get at work is not based on how many, pe- how many likes you have on Facebook. It is you're being in right standing with your heavenly father out in what he has made the way for each and every one of us to do. That's what I wanted to get to. That's our yeah. true, unshakable, unshatterable, unchangeable identity right there in
0: Christ alone. Kim, I feel very impressed at the moment to share something with you and the audience. You know, we are always from glory to glory. We're always growing Mm -hmm. in the Lord because we go through different seasons in our life, different ages, different perspectives. We think differently. We're always growing and learning or should be. But we're moving from glory to glory. I'll try to make this quick because I know we only have a few minutes left. But when I came back to the industry before, when I left the industry, years later, I had wound up going into real estate. It was a fine job for a while, but it wasn't my calling. It wasn't my purpose. When God brought mm-hmm. me back to my first love, which is acting, he didn't bring me back just for the acting. I get involved with projects that have a good message. I'm very selective. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. It's about the message. Do I really want to be a part of this? But he called right. me to teach. I never dreamed that that would be happening. But long story short, and where I wanted to go with this, is when I came back to the industry, I thought I was going to walk right into it. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't that easy. Mm -hmm. And it, it goes back to the whole Hollywood thing. Why am I not getting a role? So I saw that old mindset start setting back into my mind again. This is only four years ago. And I have a very yeah. grounded foundation in the Lord, but this was only four years ago. And mm-hmm. I saw the old pattern starting to come back. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we don't touch that and we take the bait, I actually wrote an article in the Voice of Truth magazine called Don't Take the Bait, which is about the luring of comparison. Mm-hmm. I started slipping into comparison. I started thinking yeah. the old Hollywood thoughts. If you're over 40, you're too old. All the nonsense, all the lies that the devil wants to throw at us. But what I did is I went, obviously, right back to the Word of God because that's where truth is. And I began to change my mindset because we have the mind of Christ. And I took all, he tells us to take all thoughts captive, right? So what I did, I had to recenter myself in the Lord. And what he showed me is to flourish where he plants me. And he opened up the doors for teaching to giving back. And I'll tell you, the Lord brings in most of my school, which is online right now because the physical school closed during the pandemic, but I had so many faith-based and Christian actors. I had never dreamed this. It wasn't a plan. And it is one of the greatest ministries I feel that I have right now. And it is such a blessing because these people have a heart for God. And, and Kim, I don't even advertise as a faith-based or a Christian school or anything like that. But God Mm. has done that. And it's really truly been a blessing because I learn and grow so much from these people as well. And I Mm. don't take it lightly. I'm truly honored by each and every student. And I discovered along the way that there was so much in me um, in doing this Mm. and so much Mm. knowledge and experience that I had something to say, and I had something to share. And I'm seeing lives change, like family, we pray together. You know, so we never know. God has brought me back to the acting. I love it. It's my first love, but that opened up other things, because I always say activity breeds activity. Learn to say yes when God is opening a door, because Mm -hmm. we spend too much time sometimes praying about it, and we miss Mm -hmm. it. I always Check it out. If it's going to bring glory to God, and it could help change someone else's life and better their life in some way, then why would I? What, what do I have to think about? Right. And so, yes, the teaching and the speaking engagements and writing—all these things had come from me just saying yes and learning to mm-hmm. be centered with God and not think about what my gain is just being Mm -hmm. peaceful right where he has me and flourish right there and see, because it's never about us. You have to see God, see how he wants to use it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tina, you said a couple of things here that I I want our audience to really listen to because so many times we think, okay, okay, this is ministry, so this is this is where God wants me, so it's, it's going to be easy. He's going to just open the doors, and I'm going to go through, because, because I'm committed to Jesus, and he's just going to make it easy. Well, that is not the truth. And had you not, he will always make a way, but he does not make it easy. And I love you said that when you went back, you realized it was harder to to get in and to do what you thought was going to be easy to do, but that's where your ministry was. You know, I just want people to understand that, you know, part of the battle in in completing the ministry is, is the battle. And you have to stand firm and you have to you have to do what Tina says. Stay in the word so you have the courage to keep going. Don't give up on something that you really feel like God has called you to do if if, if it were easy everyone would be doing it God called us to be different before we could ever make a difference and Tina one other thing so that was one thing I wanted to encourage people with because I think that there's some people maybe on today and they feel like well I thought that was my calling but it's just not easy friends It's okay. Just keep battling forward. The other thing that Tina said that I want to put uh, scripture to, she put several, but I I have another one that I love, because this is what we have to be careful of, isn't it, Tina, that we think that sometimes we go in, isn't it amazing how old our old flesh will pop up with the the way we lived before? Uh, Like you said, the comparison, you know, like I lived with an eating disorder for years, I haven't had that eating disorder in years but it'll still pop up. I have to know my triggers to be able to, you know, not fall back into that. And it makes me think of Galatians five one. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free So stand firm then and do not let yourself do not let yourself be burdened again by the the same yoke. In other words, don't go back to it. We know better. Watch the signs and, and be able to say no to the the entrapments that the enemy would love, you know, to this, going back to these traps that we began starting with. And these are, these are vital foundational truths, right, Tina, that we must keep as our foundation because the trap, the enemy, is always there, always.
0: Absolutely. Again, it's distorted perception because I think it's even, I mean, it is, it's so much just more difficult today with social media. All you have to do is jump on there. I mean, you scroll and it's like different stories, different people. It, it, I mean, <laughs> you know, I have to turn it off. One of the things I began to practice a couple of years ago is I, I remember I started getting into another habit um, of when I would wake up in the morning, I'd reach for my telephone and mm-hmm. it's so easy. It's such a sneaky snare. But you start scrolling and we have easy access. It allows us a sneak peek into someone else's life where we're watching an internet reality show that usually isn't even reality at all. And, you know, okay. so I won't do that anymore. When I open my eyes, the first thing I do is begin to pray and spend my time with the Lord. Because a lot of these people are feeling the lack of something in their own life, their real life. So these images are posted. You know, they're filtered. They're depicting a, a perfect life that they want the world to see. My son said something, um, and I love this. My younger son, he's got 20. He just turned 22. <laughs> And uh, he doesn't utilize social media. And I asked him one day, I said, "Aaron, how come you don't go on social media at all? And his response was, Mom, it's toxic. And I said, well, can you elaborate on that, Aaron?" And he said, Mom, this is the exact word. It's a very vain exercise. And I said, exercise? What do you mean by that? And he goes, Mom, it makes you strengthen. It stretches your vanity. And I thought, wow, what a way to put it! It stretches your vanity, and that goes on my son, and he will not go on. I mean, for me to get him to take a picture with me, it's not an easy task. But he absolutely <laughs> about that. If you look at it that way, I thought, wow, you know, it goes back to filtered pictures, creating stories and images, you know, to cover the pain. And I think what? I wrote this article, and I'm taking this right from my article, T- Don't Take the Bait, that these postings are baiting people to fall into the trap of comparison, causing them to feel that they are lacking something in their own lives. And if we yeah. stay on there too long, that is a deception and a distraction, and it's very, very dangerous. Comparing oneself to an unrealistic image in life is extremely dangerous. And so... Oh, well, and that's yeah. it's so much more difficult today uh, to have access yeah. to unrealistic things. People in Hollywood, people following them. You know, I don't want to mention these younger women's lives, but putting themselves out there half-dressed, you know, coming from mm-hmm. money, you know, making everything mm-hmm. look like it should be big and full of riches. It's not reality for most people. Right. And yet right. these younger women and not just women, men. Young guys, this is for everybody. This is for adults. It's so easy to get caught up in that. And we must think about our minds and what we're thinking about. And so Mm -hmm. I am on social media less now than I ever have been because of that very reason. I don't want to see it. I don't want to put it before Mm -hmm. my eyes. I don't want to allow my mind to think or go down that because, listen, we all go through different seasons in life, and depending where we are, We're going to perceive it a certain way. I'm also very sensitive, Kim, to where someone else may be in their life. And we all know it. We put out all the good stuff, everything that looks Mm -hmm. fantastic and great. You know, just what I just said to you from my article, the images that we want the world to see. And therefore, I want to be sensitive to others as well. You know, my life's not perfect. I have Mm -hmm. my struggles totally have my struggles. And as you said, nothing comes easy. I've had to learn to be at peace and content where I am, like the Bible tells us, to be content. And so I am very content, but I do the work to be content. I trust God with my life. If this doesn't happen, then it's not meant to be, or perhaps it's not the timing. And through, if everything seemed easy, there would be no growth. And one of the beautiful things I've learned through this process truly if we look at it as a learning experience and trust God my favorite scripture we all have a favorite scripture i think <laughs> mine is right. proverbs 356 trust in the lord with all your heart lean not to your own understanding but acknowledge him in everything and he will direct mm-hmm. your path and so that brings perspective And if we really believe that, and if I really believe that, then I have to know and trust God. He has our best interest at heart. He loves us, each and every one of us. Scripture told us he has a plan for us before we were even born. So that brings a place of contentment and relaxation in him. And you know what? I've never been happier because of that. I still deal with things. The devil is always trying to, you know, tempt us. We have strongholds, things that we deal with in our lives, but the beauty is if you know what to do with it and you know your foundation in Christ, it's so easy to remove that from yourself and bring it right back to, Lord, wherever you want me right now is where I'm going to flourish. Show me what to do. And that is one day at a time and seeing how he leads one day at a time.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a powerful girl. And I hope that everybody can just sit and just let that soak in for just a minute because that is powerful stuff What everything you just said. You know, the Bible tells us in Galatians 6, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparison themselves to someone else. And, you know, Tina, everything that you've told us today is just that, directing us back to... Our Heavenly Father, the person in our mirror, and how can we live the life that we are at peace between those two identities, because that really is the one that can only give us everything that, that we truly long for, that our heart truly longs for. Tina, we only have about four minutes, but I feel so compelled because of you talked about Having that phone call where someone literally led you to the Lord after a lot of seeds have been planted, could you just take you know just a minute and uh, look, Let's just say there's someone out there and they're on their they're on their phone. They're listening to this, or they will be listening, or they'll be seeing it somewhere. Maybe a lot of people planted seeds in their hearts, and maybe they're just as desperate as you and I came to be, where we just we just desperately needed to feel significant. Desperate. Desperately needed to feel like that there was hope. You know, we live in a world where there's just it's, there's just no there's not a lot of hope around us. And you know, I think in a way that's a that could be a powerful thing because maybe that's making us focus on on our true hope, who is Jesus. So, could you just take just a minute and um, for those who are truly seeking, and just like you on the
0: phone, would you just tell them how they can accept Christ into their life? today right now uh i'll have to go right back to what i said ask him to show you the way you know there's no magic formula. it's what the girl said to me absolutely if you mean it from your heart and you really are are feeling a lack of i love what you just said significant or Mm -hmm. you don't you don't understand why you're not at peace your world seems chaotic things keep going in a circle, you sabotage yourself, whatever it may all be. God loves you. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll read this real quick, and then I will say, ask God to show you the way. But I wrote this, uh, Kimberly, in my article once again about taking the bait. Your value and worth are not determined by social media likes or comparisons. It is determined by God and who he says you are. You are not meant to have a life that is a duplication of someone else's. God has a plan and a purpose specifically for you. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. So how do you find that? How do you know that to be true? I think everybody might have a Bible. If you don't, you don't even need one. Google, Google topics. How do I find the Lord? How do, I, how do I get God in my life? Whatever it may be, does God have plans for me? You know, we, there's, social media is not, I mean, well, social media, but having a computer and having access to the Internet obviously is a wonderful thing as well if used properly. But I say start mm-hmm. with asking. God will never, ever not answer. And you don't have to know how to pray. There's no exactly right words and how to say it. Just ask him, Lord, I'd like a better life. I hear these messages. I see people and what they're saying. They sound so grounded and confident. Who are you? I want to know you. Show me the way. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. And it really is that simple, listeners. It really is. I, I've, I've been there, I know. You ask God to seek me with your whole heart, and he will find me. He will make himself real to you. And if you don't have a Bible, contact us. We will make sure that you have a Bible. Tina, mm-hmm. you are amazing. I We did not even listen She has this incredible book, Victories, Claiming Freedom in Christ. Please go to Amazon. She and some of her friends have put in incredible Always talking about, talking about tesis, uh, testimonies to reach people, uh, victori- uh, victories, claiming freedom in Christ. Please go to Amazon and order that book today. And, Tina, if someone wanted to reach out to you about your acting classes, about c- having you come speak to them, about being on their radio or TV show, how would they reach you?
0: Uh, well, they can go to my website, Kim. Thanks for asking. It's www.tina.com com.
1: great great friend thank you so much for joining me today what what a delight it's been you are one anointed speaker and one anointed lady and i just thank you for being an example and an inspiration to all of us thank you tina
0: oh god bless you kim thank you for all that you do god bless you well Thank you. Thank you. And listeners,
1: I just want to thank you again for joining us. I just pray that each and every week, every time you listen to this show, I truly do pray that it is a conversation among friends of all faiths that really do leave you encouraged and equipped in God's word. I'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody.
0: To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit KimCrables.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit KimCrables.org. plus